0: Welcome to the Creative South Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today, I'm talking with Dave Clayton, training manager at Astute Graphics. Dave and I chat about his early love for art and architecture, starting out his career working for his dad refurbishing machinery, how fixing printing presses led him to graphic design, how he became evangelist for Kelby One, and how that led to his role at Astute Graphics, and so much more, all right after this. I talk about Jack Prince on the podcast all the time. And today isn't any different, except that I want to talk about how much we rely on the Creative South. Not only has Jack Prince been a longtime sponsor of Creative South and the podcast, but they help us with so many cool things every year. Whether they are making our pop-up displays and tablecloths, or printing our notebooks, Jack Prince is always there when we need them. They even printed my Creative South podcast stickers that have a coupon code on the back that gives you a great discount on all of their products. Speaking of stickers, Jack Prints will print any kind, shape, size, stock, including full-color stickers with full-color liner prints for you to use as product labels, promotions, bumper stickers, hang tags, business cards, and more. Right now, you can get 500 3x3 inch die cut stickers starting at $149 when you visit jackprince.com. Plus, Jack Prince is giving Creative South podcast listeners 15% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code PRINCESOUTH18 at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. At Creative South, we love Astute Graphics plugins. Astute Graphics have developed 16 popular and innovative plugins for Adobe Illustrator, leading the way in imaginative tools for vector designers that significantly save time, boost creativity, and achieve amazing results. Popular plugins include Vectorscribe, Phantasm, Vector First Aid, Mirror Me, and more, all of which come with a free 14-day trial. Go ahead and give them a try. Astute Graphics currently have 25% off the full Elite Bundle, saving you over $200. Check out www.astutegraphics.com. When you search the web using Ecosia, they use the money generated from search ads to plant trees to help regenerate the forested lands around the world. As a matter of fact, Ecosia uses at least 80% of their profits to plant trees and have planted 20 million trees so far, with a goal of 1 billion trees by 2020. Visit ecosia.co slash creative south to plant your first tree today. If you like the Creative South podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Every dollar helps us cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. With options starting at just $1 per month, you can help support the podcast and even wind up with some cool Creative South podcast swag. When you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else, a shout out on the podcast thanking you for your support, Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts. So please help support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash South. Dave, thanks for joining me this morning or this afternoon for you. You're in, you're in the future. Yes, always in the
1: future. Unfortunately, Trump is still your president in this future. Yeah,
0: unfortunately. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I keep waking up to that nightmare. It's uh, it's it's not fun. So so tell me a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? Um, I was actually born in a,
1: a little town just outside of West London called Perivale, um, which is an account. It's a county called Middlesex. It's the mm-hmm. Shires. <laughs> it sounds so much posh when you when you say where you're born in England because we have all these counties. But yeah, I was born in a little town called Perryvale in nineteen sixty five. Way, way back. Oh, no, you got about uh, ten years on me.
0: Yeah. That's not too bad. I've got yeah. I was yeah, born in
1: seventy five,
2: so
1: just, <laughs> yeah. Oh okay, yeah. So um yeah, so I was born there and we lived uh we lived sort of just down the road from there in a place called Southport for about till I was about nine. And mm-hmm. then um, we followed my aunt and uncle out into the what we call the suburbs, as you, which is basically <laughs> Watford, uh, okay. which which became our family home for you know my mum and dad lived there for forty years. Oh wow! So um, I, I I consider myself a West Londoner, but technically I'm not. Bo- I wasn't born in London. I was born like a stone's throw across the border.
2: In the so, suburbs. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's but all right. Perry. Mm.
1: Perryville. The thing about Perryville that I always remember as a kid is we had, uh, you know, the the Hoover, the mm-hmm. the, vacuum the vacuum cleaner. cleaner. Yeah. So so there's a big Hoover building in Perryville. If, you, if anyone's listening, Google it and just type Hoover building Perryville. P-E-R-I-V-A, P-E-R-I-V-A-L-E.
0: am going to write this down. So i was fascinated
1: remember. by this building. It's it was like Perryville's Buckingham Palace. It's immense. It's just this huge Art Deco. Uh, sort of cream green and red and as a kid i was absolutely fascinated by this building which i think probably is part of my my love of design way back then because i'd always asked my dad to drive past it and you know any even now i drove past it the other day and I'm, i was still excited by it and i'm telling Glink, oh look see this building this was the hoover building it's now a supermarket <laughs> but it's got a preservation order so oh, the front okay. so of, they're, front of, they're
0: they're keeping it
1: yeah, yeah, the commute was really nice. So um, yeah, so I, li- I was born there, and so I lived in Watford, and I've moved around the country a little bit uh, in my time through through jobs and, uh, and relationships and things. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's where I, that's where I started.
0: Awesome. When you were growing up, what type of kid were you? Were you more into sports? Were you more into art?
1: Oh, I was. I'm the least sporty kid you could have found. I, <laughs> I was. Yeah, me too. I was. I was born like nine and a half pounds. Um, so yes, yeah, sport was not on the agenda for me. I was a little little chubby ginger kid, and uh,
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I loved I loved my I loved my toys and art, being artistic and like crayons, pencils, drawing. I mean, you know, this is a, we're also talking kind of 1965 to 1970. So you know, the the biggest thing in my the first five years of my life was man landing on the moon. Mm-hmm. And and England winning a, the you know the, their only major sports tournament in their you know in my <laughs> lifetime, sure. But but yes, yeah, so I I loved. Um, I don't know if you've if it's ever crossed over there, but we had programs like Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet. Um, we had I, uh, I remember Joe, Thunderbirds, Jonah, the Supermarination, the puppets. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of obsessed a bit with sci-fi and toys and even packaging. Even now, when I think back to when I was a kid, I can remember packaging, loving packaging, and opening things up. So that sure. was me. I, I'd be sat there with something. Whereas my my younger brother was three years younger than me because I've got a younger brother who's three years younger than me. I've got an older brother who's eleven years older than me. So oh
2: wow, Big yeah. So when I
1: was born, we you know I had a teenage brother. But um, yeah, Mark, my younger brother, he was sports. He was you know like my dad. He was slim, dark head, running everywhere, super hyper. <laughs> Whereas I'd be happy with my, you know, my toys and my crayons and pencils. So gotcha. that, yeah. And, and that's what I was like at school, you know, quiet, unassuming, you know, corner of the room kind of kid. Got yeah. on with it and uh, enjoyed being, enjoyed having friends and, and playing. But, you know, sports, I was not a, not a job. Sure. We don't, sports isn't such a big thing over here as it is over there. We're not so no, pushed it's into huge that. No, it's over here and it's, yeah.
0: Because I did like when I was a kid, I did t-ball and I was horrible at it. And I don't, I don't know how much you know about basketball or baseball. Um, see, that's how much I know about sports. Yeah. I almost said the wrong sport. <laughs> um, but they generally put the worst player in right field, okay, um, in the outfield, and that's where I was stuck every time. And I think, I think in the entire from kindergarten on to about ten years old, when I was in baseball. I think I got like one hit that came towards me, maybe, maybe <laughs> two. Anyway, yeah. It was, it was not a lot. So they, they, they hedged their bets and knew that I was not going to be making the, uh, pro sports teams.
1: Yeah. We, well, we've got cricket obviously, which is the most, um, the longest, longest game in the history. God. Yeah. And, uh, so I would be the kid stuck on the boundary, okay. you know, stand, stand way, stand way over there. And if someone belts it, try and get in the way. And yeah quite often you just stand at the back of a field watch it painfully watching a very slow sport. I'm not a big cricket fan.
0: No. Even, I've, even I've tried to watch it once and it's yeah. it's rough.
1: I get it. I totally get it as a sport. I mean I've I've I'm a big f I mean I'm a big fan of all things American uh, even mm. from like childhood going back to when i was watching tv i loved like star trek mission impossible alias smith and jones uh six
0: million dollar man which i see six million dollar man
1: yeah um <laughs> i loved all that american so i was huge huge fan of anything american anyway mm-hmm. um but sport wise apart from i'm a big soccer fan or football fan as we call it we don't know like sure
0: um i I get why it's called football i don't get why american football is called football
1: no i know but i mean like we've got rugby you've got we what we call american football but um never into rugby um it's just too vicious for me and but when i watched american sport as a kid uh i get basketball because it's you know two bunches of tall guys And it's Mm -hmm. like, you you run and score, then you run and score, then you run and score, then you run and score, and so on till it's like 110, 108. And I went to see New York Knicks. I've been to see the Knicks play in New York. Really enjoyed it. I've seen the Harlem Globetrotters. And they were another Mm -hmm. thing of growing up as a kid. They probably, you know, watching basketball, all I knew was the Harlem Globetrotters. So I thought every (laughs) basketball match,
0: (laughs) everyone's got a curly. Every time I think of Harlem Globetrotters (laughs) – yeah, every time I think of the Harlem Globetrotters, I think of that Scooby-Doo episode that they were on. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> that one.
1: I, I, I know I've seen it. I can't remember it, but I know I've seen
2: it. And then Yeah, I
0: mean, I couldn't tell you any details about it, but that's what sticks out in my memory about them. And I know yeah. I've seen them a bunch as a kid, so they're entertaining. Yeah, they're, and it's weird. I, I don't know that I would consider them sports. They're entertainment. No. No, <laughs> that happens pro- to have a basketball.
2: It's the
1: only sport where you've actually got a team that I know of. Because sure. I've not seen it in any other sport where there's kind of this uh, showbiz side of it. And and I watched the story of the Harlem Globetrotters, Harlem Globetrotters and it was fascinating. But American oh, football didn't get, because I didn't like rugby, I don't get the whole, you know, you keep stopping and starting, stopping and starting. I know it's a big mm-hmm. thing. Ice hockey I like. I went to see the Blackhawks play. Hockey. Um, so I really like ice hockey because that to me is more like soccer. That's, you know, mm-hmm. a bit more... There's aggression and speed, but there's skill, and it's on ice. And I can't even ice skate, so I admire them for that.
0: I was but, never that good at it.
1: No, no, I, I have no, I have no internal um, gyroscope. I, I, my sense of direction is poor. Yeah. My sense of balance is poor. <laughs> but um, I'm the same way. So yeah, Mer- a base and baseball was is quite good. You know, I I've been. Oh, how did I go and see Wrigley Field, Cubs, Cubs. Yeah, so I went to Wrigley Field to watch them, um, and that was really good. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would once I started to understand it. But at school, we just played rounders. Yeah, and rounders is just so lightweight, and it's kind of it felt like a game someone made up for kids who aren't much good at sport. <laughs> here, sure. I hold a stick and hit that.
0: Well, here, here we play dodgeball, and for kids who aren't good at sports, that's. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure you know what do- – I see you laughing. You know what dodgeball is where you yeah, yeah. throw the ball at somebody else and try to get out of the way or catch it before – So le- legalized bullying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It, that's a good way to put it. Yes, legalized bullying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah,
1: so for sports at school, it was it – was, uh, I've only really grown up with one sport, and that was it. Gotcha. Football, Football for me.
0: Gotcha. And so with kind of going – back to the hoover building that was do you think do you really think that was kind of your start of interest in things that were artistic and design wise
1: yeah because apart from the fact that i just had this fascination about the building that i couldn't explain it was i just wanted mm-hmm. to look you know, i've never been in there I've, considering it's not that far from me um i've never been in there i've never been up close to it i've never touched it um, I've not even since been to the supermarket inside. It's like driving past Buckingham Palace. It's just there. Sure. It but just I also holds love... that
0: wonder and awe for you. So yeah. it's, it's, is it just purposely off limits at this point? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I don't want
1: to look behind the curtain. of it. I don't want to go up and see all the cracks and see how badly it's been treated or whatever. And they're turning <laughs> it into luxury apartments. Um, and they're doing the same with the old the old BBC building. But I, oh,
2: really?
1: I really liked the um, London Underground as well. Mm-hmm. So when we were little mum used to take us up into um see my cousins, we'd go on the train and I loved the underground map and the colors of the, of the underground and the, the uh, round or they call it the, the red circle with the blue line going through it. Sure. Uh, so traveling on the train and so where we lived, so Perryville had a station and, and this other place called Hangar Lane where we used to go a lot. And I loved the shape of the railway stations and the branding and everything. So, the fact that I can remember all those things as a kid makes me feel that that was probably a moment in my life where it was I love this stuff. Mm-hmm. I you know I want to go and keep looking at this thing. I'm fascinated by the colours of it, and the fact that I still get excited to drive past you know the train station or or the Hoover Building now, fifty years mm-hmm. on. Just I just get a really good feeling. It's just one of those kid things that you go. Go back to a place you remember, and 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 that did it for me.
0: Cool. When when you got into school, were you purposely taking art classes and things like that, or yeah, like, the, me not knowing how the English education system works, like at a certain point when you get to, um, I don't I don't know what the English equivalent, but high school for here is yes, yeah. you know, kind of your last four years of school. And yes. you're allowed to take electives and things like that and choose kind of the path that you want to take. When you got to that age, you know, teenage years on, were you taking those electives and focusing uh, on art classes and stuff?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I had, because um, I was thinking about like preparing for, for this interview and thinking, you know, rolling back the years, back to my, my school <laughs> years. <laughs> And the thing that I just remember so much was art, was my art class and technical drawing. Um, They were the only two classes I cared about. English was good. I was awful at maths. See, I put an an S on the end of it as well. Um, Awful at maths and couldn't couldn't get to grips with it. Science was okay. Um, Music, I have no musical talent at all. Me either. Um, So art was good and then we quickly found out me and this other lad in our class we were the two we were the two i wouldn't say the best in the class i think we were the best in the class but we were the two that cared about it whereas all the other kids just had to do it so our teacher picked up on that quite quickly and this lad named jonathan Mann, and she used to set us special projects to -hmm. compete against each other throughout the term so we'd, oh, okay. get mar- we'd get marks and she'd give us a, a, like a little extra thing to do. So, you know, you guys over here draw this, but I want you two to do this and that. And she used to encourage us and we, we competed against each other. And then I took technical drawing, which I really loved because mm-hmm. it was so precise and, and you know, and I had another good teacher. And it's true what people say about teachers at school. They make a, they do sure. make a big influence on you. So art and technical drawing, I'm sold. That's all I cared about in my exams. That's all I wanted to do. The rest of the subjects were, you know, filler. Just get gotcha. get by. But I was never, as a kid, I was ne- we never had the pressure of university or college to, mm-hmm. to go on further education. Now, I could have stayed at school for two more years at 16, but I didn't. I left school at 16 and went straight to work.
2: So, okay. um, yeah.
0: Yeah, because that, correct me if I'm wrong, but so... Your last two what will, are your last two optional years of essentially high school are called college in the UK, right? Uh,
1: no. Yes and no. So yes and no. Yeah, yes and no. So when you're at high school, the equivalent of high school, you finish at the age of sixteen, and then sure. you go into what we used to call sixth form, which was okay. an extra year or an extra two years, where you could go from taking uh, what we had O levels, you could take A levels, which was the next tier up. Okay. And that would be the grounding to get you then to go on to university at 18. So
2: okay.
1: you filled the gap of 16 to 18 at school to get mm-hmm. the qualifications you needed to then. But yeah, that can also be college. You can leave school at 16, go to college, take the same ah, qualifications okay. and then go on to university. So my eldest son is 21. He's now at university. So he did school, college and then university, whereas our okay. other lad, who's 20, he did school, college, job. Okay. So we don't have the as much of the pressure.
0: Yeah. It, well, here. United States, it's you better go to college or university, same thing here. Yeah. Um, yeah, afterwards. Otherwise, you're not going to get a good job. You're going to be stuck working in that factory. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to be the coal miner that uh, votes for Trump.
1: <laughs> yeah, going up the chimneys, cleaning the chimneys like in the 18th century.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think. <laughs> See, when I think chimney sweeps, I immediately go to Mary Poppins. So. Oh, yeah. B- um, bad bad English stereotypes there. Yeah, nearly. <laughs> although it, it was surpassed by
1: Don Cheadle in Ocean's 12.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, his God. was.
1: That was painful.
0: It was. It was painful. I still like that movie, but listening to him was painful.
1: Yeah, he didn't need to be a Londoner. He just had
0: no. no.
1: Hire a Londoner. Hire Jason Statham. Yeah, surprised they didn't. I know, but um, I'm I'm sure his English accent is probably as as bad as all of our American accents that we do over here. Because everyone just sounds Southern America. Got half. I'm from Alabama. That's that's about the only that or everyone just quotes a film
0: yeah and, well and they, there you reference. go that, yeah. well i mean yeah if i do an english accent i'm generally quoting a film yeah so i don't even try my i used to be okay at accents and then somehow mine devolved into this weird scottish german hybrid for <laughs> everything i do so i just gave up on it well
1: are times i've been over and, and people have said to me um are you australian and then my comeback is oh, you canadians always get that wrong <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, I do not hear Australian whatsoever in your accent.
1: No, but as a Londoner, we say mate a lot. So yeah. a couple of people have picked up on it when I've been with them or emailed them, and they've, they've gone um, – I was speaking to uh, Dustin Lee, uh, Retro mm-hmm. Supply, and he stopped me and he said, why why do you put mate at the end of things? It, I, I, am I missing something here? And I'm like, no, I think it's just a dude, probably the equivalent yeah. of dude. but." but Anybody, i think once it, hey, yeah. yeah yeah if i if i think i get to know you i'll put in mate is letting you know that i'm not being super professional and serious here it's it's kind sure. of look you know if you want to do it do it if you don't don't everything's okay with me mate but yeah mate is also an australian word uh, australian yeah. saying so quite often it's uh i can see why americans get it mixed up because a lot of americans yeah. do an english accent that sounds australian yeah
0: i guess i can see that yeah yeah we we don't exactly have the best ear for accents over here. But you've
1: got so many. That's, I that's know. What
0: I... I think that's probably part of the problem is we have so many that they all, like, we can tell regional accents as yeah. far as in the United States, but when you couldn't, like, I can't tell the difference between a Brooklyn accent and a Queens accent. No. And and there I know that there is, but I can't, my ear, I don't pick that up then.
1: yeah, yeah. See uh, here, we're so small. We're, we've got accents that are can be two miles apart and be so yeah. different. Like so, you can go from Liver, <clears throat> excuse me, Liverpudlium, yeah. um, to North Wales or into Manchester, and you're only you know if you if you drew on a map a circle, you could probably draw a circle of about twenty mile radius and have four really strong accents sure. within that circle, but. I can I can pick up over here I can pick up people and quite often if I come to America I can pick up the odd American accent but I can I can hear a, a, a Brit from a mile you know yeah. it's just you tuned in and then yeah. you kind of where are they where are they friendly bunch I,
0: I I can see that so so at 16 you get out of school yeah. I'm just diving right back in here yeah yeah <laughs> at, at 16 you 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 get out of school what do you what do you end up doing then
1: so at sixteen, I've got my art O level. I've got my technical drawing O level. I'm set up to do art. I'd n- say no pressure to go to college. I really wanted to do something artistic. So, um, so I ended up doing engineering, <laughs> and uh, <coughs> <laughs> because I, I had no, I left school at 16 living with my and parents?
0: Didn't you say you hated math? I
1: hated, hated math, hated metal work as we called it at school, but engineering but the thing was is my dad owned part owned the company and part of his company had uh it, 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 there was just two of them it, him and him and his partner and they had a couple of lads sort of working on the spanners my dad said to me look you can do technical drawing why don't you come along sit in the office and you can draw some engineering parts mm-hmm. um and we can teach you how to how to do that take your knowledge so i get there and my dad's partner decides no he's not coming in the office give him this big spanner and get him to stand over there and i never touched the drawing board for crikey three three or four years Mm -hmm. wouldn't let me near it so i ended up actually working on refurbishing uh engineering big machines just big compact presses and and although it sounds like the complete opposite of what i wanted to do the good thing was about it, it was it taught me the discipline of something else sure and I still found a way of getting design back into it which was I learned I had to go to college um and there's a special qualification you could get over here called city and guilds so Mm -hmm. I went to college and I did um uh, mechanical engineering and learned some skills about it and then I started to learn to read engineering drawings and then wiring diagrams and I started doing electrical work and hydraulic work and then and then when i used to make the um electrical panels they were all laid out meticulously you know colored sure. wires labels it was a work of art and every single one it was like you're not touching it this is mine and then when i used mm-hmm. to clean the machines i used to sand them down and paint them so i i managed to bring art into it i managed to keep my artistic side into it <laughs> but i like yeah nine years i was with my dad doing that you oh, know if if i had a regret in life it would only be that i didn't push myself to go and learn my art at the age where i should have done sure but the amount of things i learned from life and problem solving working with my dad to this day still holds in good stead is that i apply so many things i learned back then to everything that i do that it was probably good for me to have a change because.
0: Mm-hmm you know it, it from, taught you that discipline and things like that
1: exactly I, I you know i learned another skill i learned engineering i learned electric, electrical work um mm. so you know as a as a homeowner um now <laughs> now when there's problems i can kind of you know reverse engineer a problem but yeah i looking back i wish i would pushed myself to do evening sure. class or but you kind of you you know, 6, 16 onwards um You Want money, you know. I had a bicycle, I was earning $50 a week Mm -hmm. in my first job, and I just wanted to buy you know lights for my bikes. And then three years later, I buy a car and Mm -hmm. hang out with my friends. And by that time, you quickly kind of get into the well, I've got money coming in and I've got a job, Mm
0: -hmm. and you
1: sort of forget the career path you wanted. And you're thinking more, you know, I want to be with my mates, I want to go out, there's girls and you very quickly get distracted sure so, uh, so yeah it's, it, I think that's probably the thing as a kid is there wasn't that even though my parents knew I was artistic there wasn't ever a big push to go you know you should go and study art and design at St. Martin's in London or anything like that it was right. do you want a job here you go 30 quid a week <laughs> and that's <was> it
0: <laughs> so, so you're with your dad for nine years what do you end up doing after you well, what makes you decide to leave, and and what do you end up doing after that?
1: So, I ended up leaving because my dad and his partner decided that... Um, so, our job was to repair... Our, was to take an old thing and bring mm-hmm. it back into being a new thing. Because sure, you, retrofit you, it
0: and revamp yeah, it. Yeah,
1: well. you couldn't buy them new. So, we had a, a business. We were the only people that did it, and we would take these old machines and... Like pre- old printing presses, like Heidelbergs, we, that's effectively mm. what it was like. It was getting one in, but adding new electrics and, and things to it, and then selling them better than new. But after nine years, um, the companies we were doing it for decided, well, we should be doing it ourselves. So my dad, unfortunately, had to let me go. And uh, on Oh, my birthday, that sucks, getting fired well. by you. Oh, he
0: fired <laughs> you on your
2: birthday? <laughs> on my birthday. <laughs> so, he is uh,
1: not the one parent of the year that year. Coming. Yeah. Wow. So I I was gonna go up to him and go, Dad, I'm adopted anyway. But I wasn't. But I just <laughs> I like come on, there's gotta be something. I'm not your son. But no, it was good. It, it, timing was right and um I ended up I, I yeah, Crikey. I'd uh he made me ridiculous. Oh see now
0: I know why people think you're Australian. You just said Crikey.
1: Yeah, crikey. <laughs> crikey, mate. Um Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was so i got the letter on my birthday but fortunately um a, a friend of mine his uh well my girlfriend at the time worked at a football club watford football club and mm-hmm. the, she was friends with a girl there whose husband worked for a print company and we'd mentioned that i'd lost my job so she got me an interview at this print company uh, just outside watford and i went along and had an interview got offered the job at the interview so within two weeks of being you know laid off um I'd got a new job and oh, in okay. the print industry okay which was which was brilliant so uh, I got this job it wasn't it wasn't artistic or anything it was just admin but um it was one of the the two biggest companies in that area there was you could either go and work for Rolls-Royce mm-hmm. or you could go and work for this for this big print company so I got my feet in there and that that was the birth of me and graphic design definitely. Okay. That yeah. That was a, a, a that was the thing that clicked the button that made me go, oh, yeah, this is it. Because they were uh, apart from doing uh, manufacturing print printing presses, they were also a Toshiba photocopier dealer. Just at the time when the first color copier had come out,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and also they acquired the first uh apple mac oh the, okay the brown the little one with the with the the brown tumor. box yeah and i remember yeah yeah and i always remember there's a ga- there's one game on it and it's like air, um air hockey against a witch because <laughs> this lad who had one he used I to play every lunchtime and i used to go there. yeah it was this little apple mac and um so they started getting computers in uh which Fascinated me because, oh, technology, this is sci fi. This is what I used to watch on the. We had a program on BBC One called Tomorrow's World, which Mm -hmm. showed you, like, this is what was going to happen in 10, 20, 30 years. Sure. Computers, obviously, at that time were science fiction. So once these computers arrived, uh, they had a piece of software installed on one of them called Quark Express. And mm. this guy calls me in and he said, you, you like computers. Have a look at this. What I I need to know how to work this. What, what is it? And, uh, and then the, the button inside me just went, Oh, I know what this does. This, this is design. You, you make stuff on a computer with this software. Sure. So because I was a big comic book, um, I loved comics and books and magazines. I knew this, how this stuff was made. And here was a computer software program that, you know, the birth of desktop publishing. And that was it. Once I got my hands on that, I was sold. I was, they couldn't, I was getting told off all the time for being in their department and, <laughs> you know, I should be, should have been doing Come my job. Do your job. Always.
0: Stop playing on this. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it was, I was making, I was making warranty forms and uh, letterheads and uh, just any kind of forms that the company needed they'd call me in and I'd be like and completely worked out how quark Express worked mm-hmm. and was making stuff i mean if if I probably look back now it looks awful, but at the time no one else could do it and then my job um because I was there for five years we then got the first color computer with a proper monitor
2: uh-huh. um,
1: which probably had something like I don't know eight meg memory or something yeah, I was ridiculous. about to say. <laughs> and all it could do was um all it could do was process engineering drawings of photocopiers so <laughs>
2: my
1: i couldn't do anything artistic on it but sure. that that was it I, in that job that was i don't want to do this I want to do that and mm-hmm. uh, yeah I learned, I learned a lot then that was kind of you know the birth of apple and and desktop publishing software and that's what I'd consider to have been my strength in design in the beginning was I was fascinated by page layout more than I was art as in you know drawing pictures even though I loved it desktop publishing just seemed to have a bit of something inside me adapted to it really quickly and I used to make little comics and and books so this was um, I wish I'd pursued that and i didn't i just did it in that one job and and then and then life took another twist and and sort of pulled me away from that again so uh, sure
0: well how do yeah, you make the transition from from doing that at, at that job um and and then having twists and turns to what your role was at kelby one
1: to, to make a very long story very short <laughs> it was the next job that I, the next job I took, I worked for a quarry company. Okay. So, um,
0: but so like mining and because
1: and... yeah, yeah, I'd like say I worked in the rock industry. It sounds nice. So. <laughs> but,
0: um,
1: so, so I worked for this quarry industry, but the, one of the guys that we dealt with had, um, by then, you know, some years had gone by and he had this color computer in his office. And he had some software called PaintShop Pro installed on it. And he called me down and he said to me, I know you like computers because we'd we'd had a conversation about it. And he said, I've got this computer and I've got this piece of software. Um, What does it do? So I used to stay, when I finished my job at five, I used to stay on for another couple of hours and sit in his office on his computer. And um, basically I learned PaintShop Pro. I learned, uh, you know, software that i could do things to pictures rather than where i had been taking every disc off a magazine to learn you know serif every month on computer shop i always gave away some desktop publishing bit of software that had 30 days so i was i was Mm -hmm. forever learning different bits of software in 30 days so i started to use paint shop pro and through trying to find out what that did the word photoshop came into my vocabulary I can't remember how I can't remember how I found about how how I found out about Photoshop. It was just a word that suddenly came into my existence. So I learned PaintShop Pro and what it could Mm do. Absolutely loved it. So then when I managed to get my hands on, I say when I get my hands on my first copy of Photoshop, we both know what I mean.
0: Legally. (laughs) Oh,
1: absolutely not um so oh, somebody okay. had a disc and let me <laughs> so somebody when had a first disc acquired and said, put it on your computer <laughs> when i first acquired yeah, it, was, it was photoshop four i think it was yeah i'm pretty sure, okay. yeah, sure it's photoshop four or five but um so then i've changed up the software i'm now using something a little bit more upmarket and then i needed to find how do i learn how to do more of this and uh, I went to a Borders bookstore over here and looking through the magazines, and there was this magazine called Mac Design
2: mm-hmm.
1: and Photoshop and Photoshop User. So I picked these magazines up. They're really expensive because they're American import, but that we had no other magazines teaching this stuff. They were all computer magazines at the time. You know how, how to buy PC hardware. So I spent. If like, it makes you feel any better, they're dollars. kind of
0: expensive over here too.
1: Yeah. Um, so I grabbed a couple, took them back home, and you know I'm sitting reading about Mac design. I didn't even own a Mac, and I'm mm. sitting reading about Photoshop, and I had, you know, a, a, a low end version of Photoshop, but I loved, I loved that you could learn this stuff. That actually people took it seriously enough that hey, you know, there are resources here. And I was looking through the magazine and. The name Scott Kelby didn't even resonate with me at the time. Sure. It was just it was a, it was a magazine that I bought, and there was a membership thing you could join that was really expensive at the time for me, so I didn't join it. And um, yeah, in fact, I've still I've still got every single copy of Photoshop User Magazine and wow. Mac Design and and Layers. They had another magazine called Layers. Oh God, I hadn't forgotten so about was the Layers. the early two. Is Layers yeah, even still around? Early 2000- no no, they killed it off a few years ago. Okay. They absorbed it into well, I say they absorbed it into Photoshop user, they just stopped doing it. Sure. Um so yeah, there was there was like three magazines that I was buying and again, you know, the the Scott Kelby thing hadn't kicked in. And then some there was something in one of the uh magazines about uh Photoshop World. Okay. So I started reading about this event, Photoshop World, and thought,
2: oh god.
1: I'd never afford that, but how amazing that they've got this big event where all these people learning this stuff that belong to this mm-hmm. me- membership thing go along and learn and sit in classes. So I started to investigate it a bit more, and by um, probably we're now getting closer to the end of like 2008, 2009, I'd sort of invested in the magazine. I'd, I'd started to know who the Photoshop guys were, and I was watching the podcast, the weekly Photoshop user TV Mm-hmm. and that was it that you know, that was my only place of learning there wasn't anything else I didn't look for anything else I could get everything I wanted from the NASH, NAPP at the time mm-hmm. so um, come 2009 I was work- I ended up working for a graphic design agency and we got chatting about NAP and the guy that I worked with was also um, interested in it and we were just saying that it's, it seemed to support the American market, but didn't really support the UK market. Sure. And yet people in the UK were spending, you know, the same amount of membership and we weren't getting seminars and we weren't getting, uh, special deals for signing up. So I wrote a letter, an open letter to, to NAPP and mm. yeah, really nice and polite because I'm English and that's what we do. And <laughs> oh, hello there. I, I hope you don't mind me <laughs> ever, ever so. Um, and I just wrote this letter to him, to at the time, Nancy, who was in charge of their um, marketing, and just said, love what you do, you've been buying your magazine for years, um, watching the podcast and everything, but as somebody from the UK, it's really frustrating that you don't really cater for us, and, and I think you could, and here's some ideas how you could do that. So they came back, and, and Nancy was brilliant, and she said, well, you know, your ideas are good. you got anything else in mind or how could you make this work? And um, we went back and forth and she said, look, we've got this evangelist program. Do you want to be on it? And at the time, the evangelist program was just really you had a, a graphic on your website that gave $10 off if someone mm-hmm. clicked on it and you earned some affiliate money. And I said to her, well, that's not really an evangelist. An evangelist is somebody who who's going to actively go around and say, you know wave the flag hey you should be joining this you should be learning from it sure so i went back and said how how about if i make this an entity if i call myself um if i'm the nap evangelist let's make it into something and i'll and just let me run with it let me see what i can do so i became their only official worldwide evangelist even though i was Mm -hmm. based in the uk and I set up a website and a social media account and pretty much just thought, okay, I, need, I want to push this. I want to, you know, i get a free membership out of it. Um, let's see what we can do with this. And 2010 decided I'm going to go to Photoshop World. I'm going to go and see what this thing is um, mm-hmm. and see how cool it is and, and meet everybody. So I saved up. And it cost me a lot of money to do it. I bet. But I, w- I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to sort of put my money where my mouth is and go, okay, look, if I come to you, if I make the effort and I come to you, then you've got to come to me. That was kind of my thought process on it. So I saved up, um, paid for my ticket, paid for my flight, paid for my hotel. There was nothing free. It was all, you know, I covered the cost of everything. Went out there. And I thought I was going to be this tiny, tiny fish in this huge, huge ocean of of people there, and I sure. couldn't have been more wrong. The minute I was queuing up to check into the hotel, it was at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas, my first trip to Vegas as well. And <laughs> people started chatting to me because they heard the. Uh, as soon as you open your mouth, and they hear the accent, yeah, you you start conversations. And people saying, oh, yeah, I've been a NAP member for this long. And now oh, it's great that you've come over. This is your first time. And um, and just start chatting to various people. I met the uh, uh, first instructor I met was a guy called Alan Hess, who's now become a really good friend. Mm-hmm. And he heard my accent and he said, hey, are you, the, um, are you the, the NAP member? Are you the evangelist guy? And I said, yeah, I am. You're Alan Hess. And <laughs> uh, it was kind of one of those, like Von Glitschke says that, you know, you're it's like being a famous plumber. Yes. Um, if you're in, if you're in that world, the people who are well known to you are kind of, wow, you're a top photographer and I learn from you. Yeah. So, um, I, I've used yeah, Vaughn's so expression was, on that many a time too. <laughs> oh, I love that. I want to get a t-shirt for creative South that just says famous plumber on the front oh, of it. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea. And, uh, so, so yeah, the, the following evening, um, I'm at Folk Show World, I'm in Las Vegas, and my next thing is to go and find Nancy and introduce myself and then just say, can I meet Scott Kelby? Can I just meet him? Didn't Mm -hmm. think I'd even get five minutes with the bloke. And uh, she said, yeah, yeah, fine, no, brilliant, great to meet you. And they had this meet-up, and she takes me over to him and says, Scott, this is Dave, the guy from the UK, and by which time we'd – Already negotiated that we he would come over to London the month after Photoshop World to do a oh, okay because I nagged I nagged them so much they were like yeah yeah we'll do it <laughs> so she takes me up to Scott Scott says hi yeah great to meet you and you know he's going to meet a thousand people two, three thousand people over this weekend I'm just one speck sure and uh, very gracious we had a photograph taken and then I went off and you know enjoyed the rest of. Photoshop World met uh, Mac Laskowski, Dave Cross, Cory Barker, R.C. Conception, and it was great meeting you know the the Photoshop guys, the people I've sure. been learning from, and they were so lovely. They were just the nicest people, and th- the members took you know people took me out on photo walks and just chatting to me all the time. And and at that point, that this was like this is my world. Mm. This is. i I love the industry i'm learning i love that these people teach i want to belong to this thing and i'm going to champion it and and i did and i think two years later i ended up getting some like 150 people new new members to join from the uk which they'd never had before and sure i you know i really i worked for them even though i wasn't getting paid i i worked and there was an affiliate scheme and threw myself into it because they couldn't have been nicer and I've and I I'll say this now on record that although you've now got creative live and you've got Linda and um, you've got Skillshare
2: mm-hmm.
1: they are all great learning resources and I'm a Skillshare member and I belong to you know sign up for Linda but the thing about Nap and Kelby One was that the fact that they've got a community mm-hmm. they they they've got this community they've got they had the magazine which they still do they had the webinars. It was, it was. A, they made you feel at home. They made you feel like family. So that was kind of where my loyalties, loyalties lied, and and they really looked after me. So it, it did evolve from that because there's obviously mm. other things that have happened. But that first trip in two thousand and ten changed my life. Sure, absolutely changed my life. And and I wrote I wrote an article for Photoshop News magazine a couple of months ago, saying you know, hand on my heart. It was a massive life changer for me. And we're only talking eight years ago. Yeah. And I was in my forties. Yeah. I was in my forties. So it, it, it came really late in life. And you know, I wish I could have done this stuff 10 years earlier, but yeah, 2010 was in, in my design world. In my career was massive, massive shift.
0: Sure. So, so you, 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 get to 2010 and you're, you're, you're meeting Scott Kelby and how does the going to work for them come into play?
1: That was just, um, it was just evolution really. Scott, so I said, Scott came over to London, uh, a month later sure. and I emailed him and, and just said, look, Scott, I don't know if you remember me. I'm the guy. The, your UK guy and you're coming over to do the um, seminar and I'm going to come down is could I meet you for half an hour just to like get you out of that bubble and just sit sure. down with you and tell you who I am and why I'm doing this and why you know why I'm so thankful and he replied back and just said Dave we're going to spend a day together just you oh, wow. and me and and there's this other guy that I know in the UK that I'm going to invite him along as well He's a photographer, and we're just going to hang out for the whole day. You're going to come and meet me in the morning, and that's it. It's just us. And I was astounded because at the time, you know, Scott Kelby's a rock star to me. Sure. In in the he's my famous my most famous plumber, and uh, <laughs> so so this guy that he introduces that he says we should I should meet up with um, Glenn Dewis
2: mm-hmm.
1: was a guy that. Uh, a, had been a member as well and me and glynn met at paddington station in the morning and we went then went off and met scott and we spent the day with scott and we just clicked the three of us just absolutely clicked and at that moment a a friendship had forged with scott and he loved what i was doing and we we got time to sit and talk about it Mm -hmm. and even though that you know this was still 2010 um me and glynn have just become best best mates we you know we traveled together we roomed together we worked together I, I designed his book covers i I did his logo his branding we've that that was a friendship that came from scott but i went to a couple more photoshop worlds and you know still did my evangelist thing and it wasn't until 2015 um five years later oh, wow. that um scott realized i'm not a photographer um never tried to be have no interest in becoming one always been a graphic designer and knowing that scott started as a graphic designer
2: mm-hmm. and no, I has
1: become the you know yeah yeah he started as a graphic designer he um he's to teach graphic design and he was into desktop publishing
2: mm-hmm. and
1: you know wrote a lot of his early stuff with, was about graphic design and typography
2: really?
1: so yeah so we we had that in common and i said to him do you know, I'm going be really honest with you. If I want to learn InDesign, I have to go to lynda.com. Or if I want to learn Illust- Advanced Illustrator, I have to go to lynda.com. Mm-hmm. You you don't cater for people like me. You, you're catering for the Lightroom and the lighting and the photographers, which is fantastic. Sure. But I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> Should have written a song about that. And uh, so he said, well, what do you mean? <laughs> so I said to him, well, you know, you've got all these people now have got creative cloud and they're not just buying Photoshop and Lightroom. Some of these people have got the full creative cloud sure. and they've got InDesign and they've got Illustrator and they've got Photoshop and, there's some creative people out there. There's some great graphic design. You've got graphic designers working for you who produce all your graphics all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All I want to do is I want to learn from you. So can you go and find someone who can teach in design and illustrator and stuff so I can learn from them? And he went, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I said, why not? He said, because I'm just going to use you. <laughs>
0: so I was you, taking him <laughs> back there you, for you, a, you, a second.
1: You, yeah. Hey, what now? Because, okay. I've no, you know, I haven't got a YouTube channel. I ha- it's not something I've done before. But he said, Dave, I've never met anybody so passionate and enthusiastic about what you do. What would, what would you want to teach? So I put together a couple of classes and he said, right, okay, you're going to come out to Kelby One and you're going to record those two classes for Kelby One. End of. Awesome. So that was the the first step into you know going from kind of the not the rags to riches but going going from someone who bought a magazine to mm. becoming a member to going to their first photoshop world to you know getting to know them and then there I am you know at kelby one teaching classes and mm. i did my two classes i was nervous as hell um and uh not that you can see it on the podcast but about 14 15 years ago i was playing soccer and i got hit in the head and i've got a very twitchy left eye Mm. so i was really conscious of that because it's it's quite noticeable in in person so i've gone along recorded these two classes and then he just said to me oh they've gone down really well you know i've watched them they're really good how would you like to do photoshop world by which time you know, it was yeah, you're joking. Was, <laughs> oh, your Photoshop World. <laughs> I trust you, and yeah, I'd, by then I'd been to, I think about three, three or four Photoshop worlds, um, mm-hmm. and my, and the Glen, Glen's a fantastic photographer and retoucher, and he'd already been invited to be a speaker, and he'd also done classes. So it was nice that we've come on this journey together that from, you know, 2010 we get introduced to each other and mm-hmm. he became a, a Kelby One instructor first and then I did and he became a Photoshop World instructor and then I did and, yeah, 2015, 2015, 16, no, 26. Yeah, I did Kelby One class 2015 and 2016 I got invited to f- teach at Photoshop World um, which was just, I was nervous. I'm 51 years old. Mm-hmm. At the time, I've never done a public speaking gig, let alone <laughs> done any video classes of any kind. And so there I am, you know, fifty-one, stood up in front of it was only fifty people. It was in a in the expo hall, sure, and teach teaching this InDesign class um, in front of a couple of which thousand was only people. like a, yeah, and there people walking by, and and then the projector breaks, oh no, two thirds into my presentation, and but luckily I. Um, I've managed to get get through that okay it didn't fluster me but uh, I was thinking oh I'm going to get lousy feedback and no one's going to be you know saying anything nice about it and, uh, and fortunately they showed me the feedback and the feedback was really good they said you know he, he was so enthusiastic about it it was really great to see that he loved it and he taught some stuff that we didn't know about and you know even when the projector broke down he carried on talking to us and was just you know genuinely nice and in, and enjoying it which i was and uh so they asked me back and uh that's awesome now it's something yeah it's not something i've ever set out to do but given you know when you're given an opportunity like that to do it you kind of you've got to take it and have it and give it a go mm-hmm. because um you know i get so many people who this isn't to knock anybody, but there are people in the industry who I've got to know who who are in the position I was in in twen, you know, the early 2000s. Mm. And you sort of get an email that says, ah, oh, that's brilliant that you're teaching at Photoshop World. Can you introduce me to Scott so that I can? And you have to sort of say, no, because you have to build relationships in this industry. Mm. You have to... Put, you have to graft you have to put in some time and you've got you've got to develop relationships with different people so that they trust you because mm-hmm. you know it's their business and so it's taken me it's taken me a good few years to to sort of start at that point and work my way through it and you know here I am 2018 and I'm sitting talking to the host of one of my favorite podcasts <laughs> oh, thank that you. I listen to when I go to work that you know it, it's it's i still have these pinch me moments at 52 it's i'm still kind of a kid i'm still that kid driving past the hoover building when all this stuff happens to me
0: sure so so in this past year you've made the transition from kelby one over to astute graphics and for people who may not be familiar with astute graphics do you mind kind of explaining it
1: yeah so astute graphics um when I, sorry, when I say I've been working with Kelby One, the Kelby One thing has always been a personal thing outside of my day job. I've oh, always okay. had a day job. Yeah, yeah. Ever ever since I've left school, apart from six months period when our, one of our daughters was born, um, I've always had a day job. I've sure. always been salaried um, and Kelby One was, was a side thing. It was just, okay. you know, I could indulge myself in that and, and not be um, too pressured by it because obviously they're American and I'm in England. Mm -hmm. um but the the astute thing just came off the back of me progressing from photoshop world to go to adobe max and i'd started to learn to love illustrator again through um through the teaching and and through kelby one and listening to podcasts and hearing about designers who do screen printing and and all sorts so i started to do that and i i kind of knew who astute were hadn't really paid him much attention. I knew there were plugins because I knew Photoshop plugins. So mm-hmm. I went to Adobe Max and I saw that they were running a class. So um, while we were there, a friend of ours, Jesus Ramirez um, said, look, do you want to come, do you want come and meet the astute guys? I, I know their LA guy kind um, of breakfast. So we contacted Nick who owns it and said that, uh, you know, I'd come over from the UK and it'd be great to meet up with some fellow Brits go and have breakfast and we sat down and at that time I organized this thing with uh Aaron Draplin so which is a whole other story <laughs> and I was to explaining to one, so. Nick <laughs> yeah yeah I'll, so um yeah we'll rewind to that one because that's one of my favorite favorite things about this is I was, I was explaining to Nick this Aaron Draplin story and Nick was really you did that by yourself and Or, you, you know, you've got this to happen off your own back. And, and I said, yeah, because if you don't ask, you don't get. So we spent the rest of the week at Adobe Max bumping into each other and chatting. And then I got home and, and then this event happened in London with Darren Draplin. And Nick had brought his whole staff down to the event. And oh, wow. I was helping Aaron out and Nick introduced me to everyone. It hadn't even crossed my mind. There was a job going. And, and I thought it was a bit odd that he brought everyone with him, but yeah, soon after he messaged me and he said, um, just doing the business plan for next year, I was working for a, a little design agency at the time. And he said, um, I love your background. You know, I've seen, i seen you walk around Adobe max and people from Adobe walking up to you and, you know, cause you through Scott, you develop other relationships and you got Russell Preston Brown walking up to you going, hi Dave. And so you know some of the other photoshop guys coming up and knowing who i was and he says y- you just excel at networking you s- you just seem to know everybody you're like kevin bacon you're like two degrees <laughs> away from <laughs> from somebody and uh he said so i've got this job as training manager um and you know i was a graphic designer and he said do you would you be interested and bearing in mind they're 65 miles away from me um mm-hmm. Their office is is 65 miles away. So I looked at it and I spoke to my wife and said, I don't know if I could do this. I, you know, this is a this is a whole different thing. And I'm not that, you know, I'm, I can use Illustrator, but I'm not as advanced as others. Sure. And so I went back to Nick and said, yes, I'd love to work for you, but here are my concerns. Can I come and talk to you? Because then if this isn't going to work out, I want us to be friends. So mm-hmm. I went down and to the office and met them and we went through the whole thing and what my job would entail and how my experience would work and we just agreed it was a perfect fit and accepted the job there and then and, and it's been great sort of stepping back from being a day-to-day graphic designer to actually now researching graphic designers. Re- researching I wouldn't say graphic designers, researching designers. So mm. pretty much anybody who uses Illustrator should be using astute graphics plugins i Advert agree over <laughs> but <laughs> but because if you when you start to use illustrator and you, and you speak to illustrator users and they're saying oh, i wish it did this i wish it did that there are things our plugins can do that i didn't even think you could do in illustrator it was just sure. a given that oh you always do it this way but it's so hard to get designers to buy into the idea of plugins because a lot of people think of the old photoshop plugins which was oh make a gooey face or make yeah something they were not gimmicky. good <laughs> no. yes
0: exactly they were and, very and, gimmicky and, and that's a great way to put it
1: yeah so um, and we're not you know mirror Me could look gimmicky but actually when you look at how professionals use mirror Me, mm-hmm. it's you know they've just introduced a, a kind of MirrorMe into photoshop which is, you know, not a very good version of it. And they've used the same icon as us as well. But we've got a really good relationship with, oh yeah, it's the butterfly. It's exactly the same butterfly. But yeah, but we have a really good relationship with Adobe. And, you know, the whole company, they've been going for 11 years. We've got 16 plugins. We're developing some new technology, which is on our website, which is getting everyone excited because they all want it in, other software and mm-hmm. uh with and we're we're upgrading i think three of our products this year as well uh, and i'm i've been there 10 months now and it's it's phenomenal because pod, you know podcasts have been massive for me
2: mm-hmm.
1: in my job because you know i'm listening to the guys you're interviewing and um master of one podcast and adventures in design and over here we've got an English one called The Honest Designers Podcast. Yeah, I, I the love industry those guys. and how it works. Yeah, and, and I and we reached out to Dustin Lee and we we've done work with Dustin Lee and obviously the the, the our ambassador, the, the king of Illustrator, friend of Adobe, Von Glitchka,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is you know we we can't thank Von enough. You know, yeah every single Linda class is using us and and what was really funny about the astute job and we we will still go back to the Aaron Draplin story. Oh, please story is I quite often what I do is if I come across someone I listen to two or three podcasts to find out more mm. about them because you know you do some really good in-depth asking really good questions of your guests.
0: Oh, well thank you. So
1: I thought I'm going to listen to this podcast um where you're interviewing Vaughn and you you know i kind of knew von already and listening to some of the questions you're asking and all of a sudden out of the blue you mentioned my name and i was driving <laughs> to work and i it stopped me in my tracks and like, i had to rewind it to make sure you said <laughs> my name and and it was like god i'd forgotten that when i bought von's book and i messaged him and i put on twitter you know this book by von should i buy it and he responded buy it and if you don't like it i'll shave my head so i thought well i'm gonna buy it. i kind of wish you had told him
0: that he didn't like it
1: <laughs> yeah just, i'd love to see him
0: with a shaved head <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh so he contacts me and says oh thanks for buying it would you like to give a copy away as a prize um and just do a twitter thing so i did this twitter thing and somebody won it can't remember who it was
2: and oh.
1: uh von sends this book out, yeah and you're I doing know, this interview yeah. with von and you're going oh von you're you know your book's just come out a second version of it. absolutely love it um i want it uh, i want a copy from dave clayton and that was the thing that stopped me because i'd forgotten it was you
0: <laughs> holding it up right here so
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so there i am listening to you interview von mentioning astute graphics and saying my name and it was one of my favorite words is serendipity and uh-huh. It was just one of those moments that was right. That this is it. This is where I'm meant to be. Sure. All these, all these pieces, pieces of my life have all come together at this point, and now it all makes sense. You know, yes. these people I've interacted with, they know who I am. I know who they are, and uh, yeah. And it was it's things like that and people like him that are just making the job so cool because. Every time I discover someone new, put, put a podcast on. Go through your back catalogue, mm. through the archive. There you go, Jay Ratner from Disney. I listen to that one. Um, and there's been so many now that I just say scroll through, listen to two or three, and uh, and it's good finding out about these designers' backgrounds, why they do it, how mm. they use it, and it's and then it gives me a chance to want to contact them, I can I know how to approach it. Sure. rather than just be hey you use illustrator buy astute plugins today and <laughs> be like a qvc ad
0: <laughs> yeah please don't do that
1: <laughs> yeah so um but the aaron draplin thing really quickly is yeah. i came across a, i came across um a blog post and there was this guy with a beard and a hat and it was mm-hmm. saying uh learn learn about logo design with aaron draplin and they loved logo design and I thought oh, I'd give this a read and I'm looking at it and the first thing that I see is this picture of Aaron Draplin with his beard and his hat his arms <laughs> are folded but, but behind him behind him is this huge bookcase uh-huh. and I love books I love graphic design books and photography books uh-huh. so my instant thing is great I'm gonna learn about logo design but I wish I could ask you to move out of the way of your bookshelf because <laughs> i want to see the books behind you i want to see the books that this graphic designer buys to learn about graphic design because i had a good few but so i started reading this thing and he loves this junk and he loves old retro stuff which i love and as i'm reading this thing i'm just i love this bloke i love his work ethic um i like his design work i like the fact that he he revives old things because that goes mm. back to the hoover building you know it's all this old stuff, this beautiful stuff that was made by hand years ago, still has a place. You know, some of the most iconic logos were still made back in the 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And um, so I emailed him, just said, you know, great, love your stuff, just discovered you on a blog, um, love what you do. Have you ever thought about coming over to England and doing something? And he, And I didn't even think he'd reply. Mm-hmm. And he replied straight away, um, would love to come. Can you make it happen? And so I was, yeah, okay. I'll, are you okay if I did a Kickstarter? And he's, yeah, 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 you could do a Kickstarter. And um, I'll do some special posters and, and stuff like that. And so we agreed that we'd try and get something happening. And then I knew a couple of guys at Adobe. I contacted them and said, I can, Aaron Draplin will come over. But I need some money. And <laughs> I'm going to do this Kickstarter thing. And this is how much he's going to cost, and uh, and it, we're not talking hundreds. And uh, could you somehow sponsor it in some way? And they were they were like, Aaron Draplin will come to England. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he'll come. Are you sure? Did you? Yeah, I've got emails. we have going back and forth. Definitely, he'll come. Yeah, we just got to figure okay, out a way to get can... him over here. Yeah, I said it's just the cost. We have just got to get him here and, and have an event for him. So left it a couple of weeks. And Adobe came back and said, "Can you definitely get Aaron Chaplin into England? You can definitely get him to agree to it." And I said, "Yes."
0: Well, I mean, so I don't said, know about we'll, customs, we'll but <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, we're well, well, the security <laughs> let him through. Um, we're not as we're not as harsh as TSA, but um, yeah. So, so they said we'll pay for it. Awesome. We'll Pay for everything. Pay for his flight. They created a, an event in London, which was the like the first creative meetup after max
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he was the, the, um, like the headline star. We had Dan Mumford as well. Okay. It's one of the speakers. And, um, so I put Adobe in touch with Aaron and it all happened and he came over and I, I missed the whole thing. Oh no. I managed his merch stand. Yeah. He, he was on his own. So we bought all this merch, And I said, how are you going to manage your merch stand and do your talk? And he was like, well, I have to put it all away. So I said, well, no, I'll manage your merch stand then because, you know, people will buy your stuff sure. and you need someone there. So so I managed his, I stood by his merch stand all night, missed his talk, missed Dan Mumford's talk. Um, oh, no. I can't remember who the third person was. So I, I missed all the, all the speeches, but I got to spend a day with Aaron.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we went up East London, we had a curry and hung out for the day and... And Astute came over and introduced him to the Astute Graphics guys, and because he uses Astute Graphics mm-hmm. tools, and and then when I relayed the story to Nick about at Max that I'd organised this whole thing, that was when he was, wow, I I, I admire your persistence mm-hmm. and enthusiasm to get this to happen, and it was well,
2: what's the worst that can happen? i will say no, yeah,
1: and then you know
2: well that's one of nothing,
0: those things that's uh, gone wrong yeah that's one of those things i've found with the podcast and that was with my kind of like initial trying and i guess trying to talk myself out of it, it as i was so worried about if people said no and then it finally just dawned on me that well the worst that's going to happen is they say no like there's nothing that yeah. comes from it it's just you move on and you have somebody else so that's made it a lot easier exactly. now there's still people that i still like have to work up the nerve to ask to be on the show. But yeah. which is stupid because I'm just sending an email. It's not like, you know, sending skin off my back, but it still is like well, if they say no, I'm going to be crushed. <laughs> and then whenever I do, the, 9 times out of 10 they're like, "Yeah." So yeah, no, but I completely understand that sort of that thing. that
1: is the thing. It's you know, if you wanted um I mean through through people like Aaron, I've discovered other I've discovered new designers, but I've discovered a lot of old designers, people mm-hmm. who are some dead, some alive. But there were people I was aware of and, and used their fonts, but never really thought, uh, you know, I knew the name Paul Rand, never mm-hmm. bothered. You know, it was one of those names you could throw out there and go, oh, yeah, you mean like Paul Rand or Paul Asher or Pentagram. Yeah. Never knew it, Herb Barlin. But yeah. through looking at Aaron's bookshelf, I went and bought these books and started reading them. And it's like, wow. I'm started learning about the royalty, the, the mm-hmm. graphic design royalty. I mean, even Debbie Millman is, I think, some people still consider her a design royalty. And then I watched the thing on Netflix about Paul um mm-hmm. It's a thing called Abstract. Yeah, and I still
0: have yet to watch that I don't know why.
1: Oh, she, she's amazing. I uh, and the other one I watched was um, Louise Philly um, Yeah, I didn't realize she was married. She's married to Michael Beirut. Is she really? I, think. I didn't or, know that. No, Hilmer. Um, St- no, Stephen uh, Stephen Heller. Stephen Heller. Okay, I didn't know that. Stephen Heller. Yeah, yeah. I think she's she's married to Stephen Heller. Um, so uh, who? Yeah, you know, I, I had some of his books and didn't even know who he was. Mm-hmm. So that side of it, there, you know, there's some royalty. I'm sure. I mean, who who haven't you interviewed? I'm going to ask you a question now. Who haven't you interviewed? that you would love to
0: um well all those people that um you've mentioned i've reached out to debbie hill or debbie millman and she's agreed to do it but now i haven't heard back from her on actually uh getting her scheduled so i I gotta follow up and pester and figure out the most polite way to do that um so yeah this I'd, i'd love to have Stephen heller on um I haven't decided whether I want to have Sägmeister on or not. That's one of those where it's. I think he's infinitely yeah. fascinating, but I've also met him in person at, um, um Weapons of Mass Creation a couple of years ago, and he's okay. He's very German, you know. He's he's <laughs> very. That's the best way I can put it about it. He's very German, and he's on top of being an artist. So that combination is a bit odd. Um, So, but I mean, his talk was fascinating. So I'd love to do, you know, kind of deep dive into that. But he's also had some. Moments. Some moments. Yes. (laughs) And especially recently and in the political comment that's recent is my hesitations with that. Uh, I would love Jessica Walsh on there because she's I mean, she's so young and has come up to that point. I don't even think she's 30 yet. You know,
1: no, and to get no, to the point that's, where she is that's, in her career. You look at Good. these people and uh, like, I'd letter in. I've just started to, you know, find out more about lettering and got to know uh, Ian Barnard through yeah. the Honest Designers podcast and I love Ian stuff. But Jessica Hish, you know, is just insanely young and so talented but built a brand in a world that there's so many voices fighting for each other on so many channels that it's quite nice when you see these people who have become the person that other people want to be mm-hmm. rather than one of the hundred trying to be that person and kind of climbing over each other on social media
0: yes which yeah, she's you an- know again I she's didn't another, have another I'd love jungle. to talk to you. so yeah in, we in-
1: we nearly got go ahead sorry i was gonna say we nearly got her to do something with the astute graphics we're still trying
0: oh that would be awesome we're um yeah i i, I nearly fine. got her on the podcast and then she had to go and have another kid so
1: yeah i know how selfish jessica yes, how come on she? <laughs> yeah here's a challenge for you jessica now you've, now you've had two children yeah. Be on the podcast and, and have a look at Astute Graphics. Expect well, I know. You'll love it.
0: So with Creative South, the conference itself, we've reached out to her several times. And literally every time, like the first time we reached out to her, she was having her first kid. Then this time, last time we reached out to her, she was having her second kid. And it's been like, every time we reach out to her, she's having oh. these huge life moments where it's like, I would love to. I literally can't. I'm having a kid, so.
1: <laughs> yeah. and And Creative South is... Because I've now started to look at these events and seeing, you know, I've done Photoshop World, I've done a couple of Adobe Maxes, and now whenever I listen to a podcast or I communicate with anyone, they all just say same two words every time, Creative South, Creative South, Creative South. That's awesome. You've got to go to Creative South. Yeah. And and then when I, obviously we got a relationship with Mike um, mm-hmm. because of Astute, Astute had done some stuff with Mike prior to me joining. Sure. But um, the relationship's already there. So once I looked at it and said to Nick, well, you know, what have we done? What can we do? Um, and I spoke to the Master of One um, guides on their podcast and and knew that they were going to be there. And it's suddenly I'm looking at people like Lenny Terenzi and Dustin Lee and these other people that I know, who I've got to know through the astute job, are all going to mm-hmm. be at Creative South. So, you know, I said to Nick – I'll I'll name my next child after you if you let me go. <laughs> so but he, I did, I don't have to do that. Well, so good. um yeah so he's agreed to it and you know all touch wood all being well health and health and life it'll happen and I'll come over and meet you guys and see what it's all about and 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 then be one of those things where if I can't go back the following year it'll be a huge amount of fear of missing
0: out. <laughs> yeah i know that feeling too <laughs> yeah. i know that feeling well I, f- I had, I had to miss the, out
1: on go ahead the first i was gonna say the first the photoshop world i went to and then the next one i couldn't go to i'd fomo it was yeah sitting there watching it from afar and i had friends there and it was it's painful
2: yeah uh, it, i, ha- I it, had, had nice
0: that happen to me
1: this to know year what you're missing
0: i had that happen to me this year with uh weapons of mass creation because i was able to go last year And then this past year, I just wasn't able to, uh, wasn't able to swing it.
1: Oh, but at least you can go again. At least you're, you know, the connection with the podcast is, you know, I mean, you're like me, you've got a day job. Yeah, exactly. It's the things like these I've, I've started doing a, I said to you at the beginning before the, before the interview that, um, started doing a podcast with Tony Harmer from, Mm -hmm. from, um, Adobe UK, although he just left Adobe UK. And it's called the Vector Generians, and it's just us chatting about design stuff. You know, it's very rusty, probably. If you, if you listen back to your first one, that's what is. <laughs> oh, my first like.
0: one, I can't listen but back to it. It's horrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I've, we've done five, and I've only listened to one of them because I can't. I've never watched my Kelby One classes.
0: It's hard to listen to your can't own can't voice, isn't my, it?
1: And it's hard to watch yourself as oh, well. I
0: can't even imagine that one.
1: Yeah, and especially when you've got like me, you've got this sort of wonky eye, which mm-hmm. you you know I know it's there, and people are people are ever so polite. They go, "I've n- I've not noticed it. I haven't seen it." I'm like, "How can you not see it? It's blinking like crazy, or it or it's closing." Even the kite kind of, I went through TSA uh, when I came out to America, mm-hmm. and it started flickering. It started doing its thing when you look into the camera to do the the retinas scan or whatever they do. And he looks at me and he starts going, why is your eye doing that? Why why isn't your picture like that in the passport? And I said to him, well, it's not a permanent thing. It's just a thing that luckily most adults are polite and don't point and stare at it and make it worse. <laughs> Only children tend to do it. And he just looks at me with this like biggest look of shame, which is rare you for a TSA had. agent.
3: Yeah, he kind sh- of should have. I should have just like, Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, so he mentioned it and I I said my bit and he just handed me my passport and said, have a nice day and let me go through. So, um, <laughs> See, now you're using it so to your advantage, so that's good. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> I, when I did my first Photoshop World class, my first slide, I pointed it out and I said, okay, this is my first, you know, I'm standing up here for the first time. Mm-hmm. I've got a wonky eye. I'm not having a stroke. And I'm not winking at you inappropriately. It's just a thing that happened to me that I can't do anything about. And I want to put it out there so that you're not all staring at it. And I'm really self-conscious of it. Now I've said it, you all know it's there. And then then I got past it and it was all right. So.
0: It's I think making. I would have had the opposite effect if I had said that. I would have made myself more self-conscious that everyone was staring at it if I announced it.
1: <laughs> it was a ga- it was a gamble, I must admit, because I thought, oh, yeah, now I've drawn attention to it. Is everyone going to be looking, thinking, well, what if he does have a stroke? We're not going to know because he's told us
0: he's not. <laughs> well, if your whole face starts drooping, then, then you need to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, but, next yeah, time so you do a I, talk I that's what you've anything. got to point out is like if my eye starts doing something weird that's fine whole face starts doing something weird worry yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll get a phantom of the opera mask cover it yeah up. we're an eye patch <laughs> <laughs> there you go so we're getting kind of close to our time here and i i, I want to ask you know since since the astute graphics role is fairly new and and you're still doing Kelby One, and you've got the podcast and all going on. Yeah. What what else? You you've got a pretty full plate. What else exciting do you have coming up for yourself?
1: Um. Yeah. And that could be it's a, a vacation. Place. So too, I've got four. So.
0: <laughs> I've
1: got um. Yeah. So I've got a day, the day job. So I'm lucky enough that I can work at home three days a week and work in oh, the office awesome. too. I've got four kids. Four kids, two small daughters. Yeah, I have got uh, two daughters, eight and nine. Um, and my youngest one, she's she's the next, she's the next gen artist. Oh, okay. She she'll sit on my Mac with the, and play with Illustrator. Um, she's totally going to adapt her, and I'm going to teach her it as well. Um, and my other yep. daughter plays football, so she has a, a lot of soccer training and, and matches. And so I've got two older sons, so. I have to find a really good balance if I could do everything I wanted to do um I'd I'd be able to because my wife would divorce me (laughs) so (laughs) so it's taken a long time for her to sort of you know having small work bearing in mind this all started in 2010 and but at which time I had two toddlers we just had because the girls are only sixteen months apart, so I was about to
0: say, and your you're my oldest, life change, and you're too oldest or a year apart. You're you're good at that. Uh...
1: Yeah, yeah, twenty and twenty. Yeah, there's six seventeen months between the boys and sixteen months between the girls.
0: So you're good at that timing um, thing. So yeah, or bad yeah, at yeah. that timing it was like, thing. Have one,
1: than. buy one get one free. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got. Well, a gap I have with, that. I've got twenty one. So, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Well, I so I literally got buy one get, get, get one free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> we it was just a case of we've had one they should have a sibling and then there was a big gap and then um decided uh well I, the, the 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 boys are from my wife's previous marriage so okay. they're not my biological sons but okay. they are my my i've been they're, their they're dad still your kids since yeah yeah and they're, they're called clayton and they changed their name to clayton oh, um awesome. so that we were all the same and I've been their dad since they were the girls age since they were like 7 and 7 and 9 so um yeah so so the balance is working my day job being a dad and a husband and then how much how much of what I've been able to do can I still do so the kelby one stuff I'm less of an evangelist now so I don't I don't try and sell the membership anymore because it was too much to do so I still write for the magazine and do some stuff for the blog and still teach at Photoshop World every year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there could be a couple of bits come from that. I do a lot of work with my friend, Glenn. Um, I help him with his branding and his, uh and we're just going to do a, he's going to do a podcast that I'm going to be a co-host, uh, oh, wow. which is a photography one called, uh, it's called He Shoots, He Draws, which um <laughs> looking forward to recording like that name. next week. Yeah, we were trying to think what we could call it, and I'd actually been watching a football match, and one of the – it's a a well-known phrase in football is, he shoots, he scores. Sure. And it came into my head, and I just said to Glenn, what about he shoots, he draws? Do you like that? And he was, that's it. Done. That's what we call it. That's perfect.
0: I like that. So – Yeah. When you said it, that's immediately what I thought of. Well, I thought of hockey, but (laughs) –
1: yeah, someone did say, technically, if you were a cowboy, you'd have shot yourself in the foot.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I did, yeah. did not look at it that <laughs> So way. I said, well, we, some of well, the you're things have we talked about, we might still do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, yeah, we so we're going to be doing that. So that's, um, you know, that that takes an hour in the evening and a little bit of editing. We're not going to, um, it's not going to be too polished in the beginning. And I still do the odd one with Tony, the, the Vector Generians um i i do some book design work for rocky nook um now which is which is quite good because i don't you know when i used to be a freelancer and you just take everything i'll do a logo i'll do a website i'll do this i'll do that and everything's sure. cheap and time time um takes up a lot of time so now i've just pulled back right from all of that and it's i wanna do the podcast i want to spend time on astute graphics um i still want to do the book design and write for the magazine just enough that there's a nice pace uh the thing this year for me is the events is you know i want to be able to use my job now to come to events and meet the people i've been researching sure to encourage them to use astute graphics plugins so um you know meeting i mean i've been on a guest on two podcasts this year of Two of my favorite podcasts, and when I think back eight years ago, when you know i'm listening to people reading magazines and and now i'm sat here talking to you mm. and spoken to the master of one guys is it, i can't believe it you know it's it's a privilege to um to not only be invited to but to get the opportunity to sort of tell people who I am because you know, i quite strong on social media. I don't really do a lot on my website because I don't put any work out there. It's sure. just really a, a networking thing. So it's nice being given the opportunity to tell people why I do this because mm. I like sharing. Um, I'm not one of these people who, you know, they go on social media and they, they have to list 20 things they've used because they want free stuff. It's I, you know, I spend money with the people I admire. I buy their books or their posters. Mm-hmm. I subscribe. I'm, you know, I'm a Patreon to your podcast. Um, I, I'm a Circle of Trust member on Adventures in Design. I buy all, all my resources from Design Cuts. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I think being genuine goes a long way. Um, mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people try and get free things and try and muscle in and, you know, hijack hijack relationships and friendships and it's not the way to do it. And no, I think being I older. I completely and, agree with that. Yeah, it's, you know, you have to respect the people that you admire. Yeah. And if you don't, you, you won't get very far. So this year for me, um, I, I manage a stage at the photography show in Birmingham, uh, which I, this is my fourth year of doing it. So I get to mix with a lot of photographers who are still in my world through Glyn and through Kelby One. And then, you know, Creative South, Photoshop World, Adobe Max, um, looking at Creative Pro Conference as well.
3: I'm not
0: familiar so with that one.
1: this is all of, it's David Blattner and... Oh, and okay. I know him. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they do a show called the PSAI, um part of their their conference they've got like five conferences in one and one of them is specifically photoshop and illustrator so mm-hmm. i want to poke my nose in there and so this is all about meeting people really mm-hmm. just being able to get out and connect with the people i've connected to on on social media and through astute and see how it develops and it's funny one it, i know we're almost out of time one of the questions i was asked in a job was the where do you see yourself in five years time And my answer to it was, I can't tell you where I'll be in five years' time, but if I think back five years, if you'd asked me the question then, I could never have guessed where I would be today. I could never Mm. have predicted where I'd be today and all the things that have happened to me. So I like the fact that 2018 could bring whatever and 2019 hopefully will be, you know, as good on the back of 2018. I like the fact that stuff like I said, serendipity, nice things happen, um happy little mm. accidents, and you you meet people and you reach out and it develops friendships and and I like that it's just you know my grown up and my dad, yeah, I know how important it is for my kids for my kids to have a good upbringing and and you know be good kids and be friends so yeah, it's um I've got a lot of people to thank for where I am today and um, so I've had. Got to put some of it in myself, but you know, there's a lot of people I'm grateful for, and and will awesome. continue to be grateful to as well.
0: That, that's awesome, man. So, so kind of kind of wrapping up after that. Um, where where can people find you online? So, I managed to get.
1: Um, I couldn't get my name anywhere. <laughs> there's other Dave, selfish Dave Clayton's out there. How so. Do you know? I managed to secure, it's Dave Clayton. So it's ITS, Dave Clayton. Um, So Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, any of them, if you do forward slash it's Dave Clayton, you'll find me. I have got a website and one of the last, I think the last couple of blog posts I did were last year. One was about the Aaron Draplin book thing, where it's Mm -hmm. called um, I'm a book thief. And I explained the whole thing about how to find, how to research graphic design books through mm. watching other designers and looking at their bookshelf behind them and a little story. <laughs> We're going have to check I- that one out. <laughs> yeah, it, I, it's, I'm actually teaching uh, a class at Photoshop World well this year called Get Inspired by Graphic Design. And that's one of the subjects mm-hmm. of it. That's one of the part of the class that I'm doing. And uh, yeah, so the website is it's itsdaveclayton.com and there's a couple of blog posts on there that, i've enjoyed writing and i will be doing more this year because i want to start to document some of these great things that happen in and promote the podcasts uh and that's it and, and astute com. um you know if you're an illustrator user and want to you know get Illustrator to do more for you want to get your workflow a bit more creative and faster come and check us out astute com and on social media astute graphics I- I will second that recommendation. Do you want to learn some stuff? Yeah, thank you. And um, it's quite quite good this year. We've set up some good designers. Um, some have started to use it. Some we're still waiting to you know to find the time to do it. We've mm. Aaron Draplin, uh, Dan Styles, DKNG, um, just about to set Jay Ratner up at Disney. Um, because again, it's you know we want these designers to be using our stuff. And -hmm. showing off what they can do with it, and it's a great advert for us. But slowly, you know, slowly and softly. There's no point shoving it in their face. Sure, Uh, it makes my life a lot easier. I know that. Oh yeah, the first thing—the first thing we released when I joined Astute Graphics was Vector First Aid. And if you're a graphic designer and you use Illustrator, you should have two things in your office: a cup of coffee every morning and Vector First Aid on your computer. Mm -hmm. Start with that. And you will see how much it changes your life. I think I have. Really is a good tool.
0: I want to say I have all of the plugins. I feel like there's one I'm missing. But I can't remember um, which one.
1: Yeah, the, the, you you might have all of them. There's a couple of updates. But generally, the, of the 16, you don't need all of them. Sure. That's what I'd say to any designer. that This is the advert. <laughs> this is the astute advert. You don't need all of them. We'd love you to buy all of them. But depending on what you do there will be at least three or four tools that will change your design world. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we've so we've got a couple of updates coming up this year. One is going to knock people's socks off when they see what it does. Um, but yeah, we've got, uh, we've got some stuff that illustrator can't do. And yeah. you know, if you design designer, we're not, it's not gimmicky. It's these are professional tools developed on the feedback from professionals.
0: So yeah, come along to astutegraphics.com <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And and where can people find uh the Vector Generians podcast? They can find it on iTunes, where else? Yeah,
1: iTunes I think we're on all the um usual podcast channels. Um okay. so the website is vectorgenarians.com. That's Vector G-E-N-E-R I-A-N-S. Vector Genarians and and if you go into uh, itunes it's vector generians um and then coming up next month there'll be a new one called he shoots he draws um and it's that on all the social media and same as vector generians if you took mm-hmm. vector generians or he shoots he draws there'll be news of the two two podcasts that we've got out there uh and onecom of course
0: You'll find me there as well awesome well, Dave, you, uh, thank you. Sounds so- bad when you say it out loud. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to start with me this afternoon, and I really oh, appreciate it. You. And it's been it's been great getting to know you a little more.
1: Oh, and you, mate, really appreciate it. So it's it's a brilliant podcast, and if you don't subscribe, oh, well, thank you, then subscribe. Yeah, <laughs> just add it. Just click that button. Exactly. <laughs> Simple. Well, if you but, don't um, just subscribe, no, you're probably not yeah, hearing yeah. this, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you don't but tell your friends share it if you if you listen to it share it because um say so i i couldn't do my job without creative south podcast um to help me find designers and find and you're a good interviewer and i've really enjoyed this so thank you
0: well, well thank you very much i appreciate that
1: all right sir go ahead and hug some necks i will and you and thank you and i'll see you at creative south yeah i'm looking forward to it
0: You can find out more about Dave on Twitter at It's Dave Clayton. And be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with him. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Creative Pod. And follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Creative South GA over at creativesouth.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribbble, Twitter, and Instagram. Jack Prince is giving Creative South podcast listeners 15% off all orders over $25 when you use promo code PRINCESOUTH18 at checkout. Visit jackprince.com for your next order of stickers, prints, or whatever you need today. Astute Graphics currently have 25% off the full Elite Bundle, saving you over $200. Check out www.astutegraphics.com. For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code South. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. And... Remember, if you like the show, help support us over at patreon.com slash creative south. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks.